Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, as usual, Jimmy Skinner, The Real Down. Back with me this week, Drew Gregory, back in the house. What's up, man? Not much, buddy. Hey, it's been a while since you and has, I were man. together on the show. Um, I feel like we just got going, and then I like disappeared. I got sick, and it, it was it was rough. But I appreciate yeah, you keeping it rolling for us, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's what a good co-host is for, of course. <laughs> if I couldn't keep it rolling when you're gone, you know, then you might as well just kick me out of here. Ah, nah, you do fine. <laughs> it was much appreciated, though, man. I'm glad to glad to be back to doing it again. It's I'm still. I still like, I even look tired. Like I'm just worn out, but I'm here and this usually hypes me back up. It's fun talking. Yeah. So. Well, that's what everyone says. I and mean, it, it kind of does that to you, but, um, you know, we're, we're glad you're good and the family's good and, and you're back and gaining strength, buddy. We really, really are. Uh, it's, it, it feels good, man, to get on the other side of the hill from that crap. But, uh, how, how are you doing, man? I know you, uh, you got to sideline sit on a national tournament for once. So how was that? Dude, let me tell you what, it was amazing. I'm sitting here on my phone, refreshing tourney X, watching, <laughs> watching football, you know, oh. like hanging with the family. I mean, you know, of course I had a lot of honeydews that handle because we got this, uh, you know, new baby coming in December. So trying to get it done now. So I can focus on the KBFNC and the TOC. But um, and then the holidays, of course, come, you know, our babies do December. So once no, once the Thanksgiving holidays hit, it just we better be ready before then. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. the first child came four weeks early, naturally, just a month early. So uh, are you just, 
is expecting first part of December, middle, end? Uh, December 26th, basically right at Christmas. Oh, so oh that'd be cool. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, you, you miss <laughs> your, birth, your birthday sort of gets tied into Christmas. And my parents are the 28th and 30th, and I can, I, they get missed a little bit. So, you know, I prefer that, you know, little Sophie get, has a birthday a little bit separate from Christmas and all that. But, you know, it is what it is. And we're even considering naming her middle name Noel because it, she's there coming right there at Christmas. So it could be Sophie Noel. So we'll see. What do you guys think about that? Let us know. Noel Good. We're also maybe considering uh, Alexandra, my wife's middle name, or Grace. We also like Sophia Grace Gregory. So anyway. You know, if she decides that she doesn't want to be a Christmas baby, I vote December 5th and me and her could share a birthday. That'd be cool. There you go. There you go, man. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right. Well, uh, yeah, let's get uh, right into it. Uh, as you can tell by the title and for all you, you know, tournament heads like the rest of us following all this everybody knows that uh the hobie bos was uh, on pickwick this week and they uh they had 82 anglers uh, a little bit less than normal but a lot like me and drew were just talking about it this is the time of year like hunting's a lot more important to a lot of guys getting ready for waterfowl you know whitetail season some guys are, i talked to some guys that have already been out west for early elk so priorities start to change you know yeah uh, and you know last year the kusa chain was the final event and there was i believe 87 so i think the last event people either you know a few extra people come because they're still in the aoi race but also a lot of people know they're already out of it so maybe you don't get as many because of that plus like you said all the other stuff the the school you know colleges football oh yeah else, you know kids kids school and things like that the hunting season so that's at least it's about on par with last year's you know turnout so yeah, it, it's definitely like going into October, so you know, late September, October. Uh, I never really noticed this until a buddy of mine pointed it out. Like, typically, this is the time of year my schedule's full of stuff, and you don't even realize it. Like, when you're planning, when I'm planning my season out in the beginning, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna fish all through it. And then I'm like, nope, yeah. like <laughs> I can't. It's I got true, stuff to man. do. It is true that the turnouts do go down as the year goes on. If you look at, remember tournaments in January down in Florida, they were like 175 people and two, almost 200. And those first tournaments when people are just itching to get to warm weather and catch fish are just the most always. So it's it's pretty, I guess, pretty typical this turnout. But uh, it was a good event, and I loved following along with Tourney X and watching all the action. It was just a blast to be home, relaxing, and get to spend some time with the fam. So heck yeah. Well, uh, still speaking on that tournament tonight, we got the winner. Uh, we got Mr. Guillermo Gonzalez. Everybody knows this man. He is a Texas hammer and it was actually, I, I, you know, there was a lot of, lot of hammer anglers in that field and my picks in my head for who was going to be up kind of quick were completely wrong. Well, Christine was up there. I knew Christine was going to be up there, but I had some of those Tennessee folks, you know, my neighbors. And then I seen Guillermo and Scotch and them fly up the leaderboard. And I was like, oh, they're not letting the rest of the Southern boys take it on this week. So well, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, as you can imagine. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah, dude. Really, Has really it, good uh, You still like hell yeah, I won, or are you like, shit, I need a break? <laughs> is it is it uh, acceptable to say I'm kind of like right in the middle of the two? There you go, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, shoot, I've been traveling like crazy this year, and it's been, man, it's been a heck of a year. It's been so much fun. We've had some really great events, and I mean, to be quite honest, I... 
I have wanted to win a Hobie BOS event so bad, and I've come close so many times. Um, and <clears throat> getting the win truly meant so much to me. But, man, I worked my tail off so hard every tournament that I was almost, like, too tired to be excited by the time <laughs> it was over. I, yeah. know, I know Drew's been there before. You know, you just – you're just you, – it's work. It's work to, it is. to perform in tournaments. You know, you got to – you, you you can't your bait's got to stay in the water you you got to be constantly moving you got to be making decisions and you got to be making right decisions and uh, and so yeah. like i said by the end of that day i was man it was it was a relief that it was over um and i was so stoked to have come out on top i wasn't sure if i would to be honest i'm glad that i did but i wasn't sure if i would um but man by the time the award ceremony rolled around i was incredibly stoked had all kinds of emotions, but I was also exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, it, man. It it, really it's is. definitely mentally taxing and that's, that'll get you even more than all the work that goes into it physically for all the fish. And like, I, 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 you know, not winning a big tournament, but just other things I've done in my life that like you work really hard at. And when it happens, it's like, you want to just be like, yeah. And then you're like, thank God that's over. I, I got to take a minute. Like, <laughs> no, I feel you, but, but good job, man. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't sure if this was your first win. Uh, I know we. I see your name, you know, consistently up there at the top. But you know, that's that's awesome. And uh, taking that like momentum into the TOC is going to be really cool. It is, man. And you know, I've I've cashed. Well, actually, I, I, I was a quarter inch from cashing a check on the Susky. But um, aside mm -hmm. from that, I, it feels like I've cashed a check in the last four Hobie events despite missing it by a quarter inch on the Husky. <laughs> so I feel like I'm riding some really good momentum and I'm really excited for the TOC. And, you know, we're talking about being tired. The TOC is going to be a tiring tournament. Um, it's going to be yeah. a three-day event. And I, I in, in my personal opinion, you know, I just – I've fished multi-day boat tournaments before and it just doesn't compare – to a multi-day kayak event there the, the physical strain that a kayak angler kind of goes through throughout the course of a tournament i think is is far greater and i'm not saying that there aren't situations where some of those boat tournaments require a lot of physical strain you know on some of those major major bodies of water and things like that but goodness gracious especially for uh people like drew and i that love mm -hmm. to battle um it can it, it, it can really be taxing so, the to, in my opinion, the 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 tournament of champions. I am really looking forward to it for that reason. It's gonna it's gonna add a different dynamic. Well, it's gonna take the dynamic of endurance even further. Right. In a three day tournament. You know, not only are you managing fish, but you're gonna have to stay sharp on that third day if you want to finish seal the deal. So that makes it really exciting. Um, just because it'll it'll be interesting to see how people handle that and how that tournament shakes out. I mean, I think we've only, I think the only other three day events that we have had have been the NCs. If, mm -hmm. if yeah, that's right, and they are exhausting. You're right. You know the way you and I like you know like to fish sometimes, it, it certainly can be exhausting. You know whether it's just getting into a, a place to launch or long paddles and you're getting into some some crazy wild stuff that I know you like to do some of that. But to me, it's funny because a lot of tournaments, and I'm, I'm just so jealous sometimes in, in 
part of me is jealous, but other side of me is not that we hear tournaments like think about this year or years, Pat, recent years, tournaments that were won where the anglers didn't like move hardly at all. Mark Pendergraf out on Possum Kingdom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, that's the only one I think about ever anymore. Like... Uh, I think about, <laughs> you know, Catherine Field, how she, her YouTube, she's just like, oh, or on lacrosse, she was saying, oh, I just sat right there, caught him off of a boat ramp where everyone was just boaters were, you know, people were launching and they had to wait for it to settle down. I would just cast out there again. I'm like, how they were right there. And I'm like going all over, over creation to find five, just five bites. But yeah. uh, another one that's actually a good one to, to mention is uh, Ryan Lambert on the TOC last year. He found a school of fish like just clumped up one, he, one magic spot. Yeah. He, he paddled maybe, I don't know. I think he said at the results, a quarter, mile away from where he launched and then they're just he just sat there all day basically so one of these days guillermo my point is one of these days brother you and i are going to find one of those magical spots that doesn't take that much out of us and maybe maybe we can find it here on this three-day tournament which, which would be nice obviously <laughs> on three-day tournaments. that would be great yeah. that would be great it's just it's hard for guys like us because our mentality doesn't work that way no <laughs> you know our mentality is what's what what's harder to get to right people are not thinking of and sometimes it's it's like reverse psychology you got to think okay well this is so obvious that people aren't going to think about it because it's just it's right there it's that obvious and Mm -hmm. so many tournaments get won that way and it's 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 uh, it's pretty cool when it happens and it it almost kind of makes you feel stupid when it does too yeah absolutely it is what what you're saying about that the other side of the mentality of it being so obvious like I got to experience that firsthand at Pickwick at the Bassmaster event. Uh, okay. There's a, a community hole that everybody knows about, <clears throat> and I noticed that no one was fishing it, and I was just like, well, it's probably because it's burnt out. So I just like marked the spot off. Well, then the last day of pre-fishing, I was like, there's still no one there. I'll go check it, and I caught a I caught a seven pounder. Turned around, caught like a three pound smallmouth, and I was like. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm just going to do this tomorrow. And the, the quick story that ended that, uh, some local guys I know from the local club, they actually camped there that night and fished that spot, had no idea the Bassmaster event was going on. So when I rolled up that morning, like there's guys sitting in my marks and I was like, I knew them and I was talking to them and they were like, Oh yeah, man, we came in last night at four o'clock. We was smoking five pounders all night. And I was like, well, time to go. <laughs> thanks. Jeez. Thanks fellas. <laughs> thanks. That's yeah. Wild. Dude, remember uh, Pickwick, uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series, where Scott Martin just turned around at, after they launched, and he just he launched and fishing, dropped right the trolling motor, <laughs> where all hundred hundred anglers were launching from, and he he just was smoking them. So yeah. it it is true, man. It's almost I think about the same thing you do, Guillermo. That sometimes uh, one of these days, and I have before, I promise. There have been a couple times I'm going to be at a spot that someone's going to be like, "Is that Drew? What's he doing?" There's here? no you know, way that's Drew Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't wild, you know, this was easy, but it was maybe overlooked, like you're saying. So who knows? But anyway, I'm excited about the event just as, as much as you are, Guillermo. Have you looked at any maps yet? Come on, tell me you you've looked at Man, something. I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I have not. Yeah. Uh, I have not looked at a single map of that lake. Uh, I will I'm I'm the kind of guy that I, I use it's funny because my I used to not be this way. I used to study maps for hours weeks and weeks and months before tournaments but lately i find that i just kind of psych myself out when i do that mm-hmm. and i find that if i just look at a map you know the week of or a couple of days before and i mark a few things and i start there 
And then I'll get there and I'll look at the map again once I get there. And I'll literally, I'll go to a ramp and I'll, and I'll sit at the ramp for, for a minute. I'll get there early and I'll, and I'll try to think about, make sure this is where I want to fish. And I can't tell you how often I find stuff when I'm sitting on the ramp and I'm like, I stared at a map for two hours the other day and I did not <laughs> see this. Right. You know? But there's something about like being at the ramp and having to make a decision there. And I've kind of changed, changed my mind and done other things. And that actually, it's funny. I mentioned that that's how it went down at Pickwick. I got to one of the community ramps, so to speak. And I noticed there was just a ton of people there. And I had heard that there had been a lot of people fishing up there. And I was so, so I thought to myself, man, I, is this really what I want to do? You know? And, uh, I, uh, I literally, I drove about five minutes down the road to another ramp just to look at it. And then I sat there for like an hour and a half and I literally pulled out my laptop at the boat ramp and I hooked it up to the hotspot on my phone and started looking at it. <laughs> and I completely changed my game plan for the entire week right there and i said okay i'm going to fish some of the oddball stuff and see if i can find anything over there and so <clears throat> i ended up fishing uh all through practice and in the tournament closer to the dam which mm -hmm. not as many people seem to be doing at least um mm -hmm. and it worked out really well because throughout the course of the tournament i maybe had one one boat that might have come in and fished some of my stuff for about 10 minutes and that was it throughout the course of the tournament so i really kayak or bass boat it, it was a kayak it was a bass, yeah, boat. Yeah. It was bass, a bass boat. boat and he didn't gotcha. even really get into like my good stuff so i i, I felt good about it you know yeah <laughs> well that's i you know i had a friend that fished that tournament he actually was the day two leader uh jesse halverson and he knows that the end of the lake you're talking about, it's like, that's my end of the lake. I rarely go, you know, on the other end where everybody tells me how good the smallmouth fishing is and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a, you know, skinny water Creek guy. And then I like a lot of those, like the little islands down there where you're talking about and just a lot of the man-made structure and stuff down there. You know, it's just, that's my end of the lake and it's cool to like, I talk to so many guys that fish on national level. When we talk Pickwick, they talk the other end and like right. even for the Bassmaster event, I went down there pre-fishing. I saw one guy like the whole time. I thought when I got to that boat launch down there, there were going to be 40 kayak guys down there because it's the most like open parking and everything. And no one was there. And I was like, good. <laughs> That's is a cool end of the lake though. But, uh, talk, you know, you talked about your, your decision-making, how you changed your game plan map wise. Uh, tell us a little bit how pre-fishing went once you did that. Yeah, uh, so um, early on in practice, uh, I didn't have a ton of practice. I had about a day and a half, um, or, or actually a, a little a little more than a day and a half. I, I got to fish for like an hour on Wednesday, and then the full day Thursday, and then that until, until cutoff on Friday. And uh, I fished for that hour on Wednesday, and I actually did pretty well. Um, I was, I was, I didn't in an area that I didn't think I would do that well. And it wasn't really like my area, a area. And then, uh, I went to a different part of the lake. I, I hit three ramps on that second day. And, uh, 
the first ramp, I caught a bunch of like little 13s and 12s and 13s. And I was like, well, I mean, if I need a limit, I know it's here, but I'm not too excited about it. The second place that I went to is actually an area that I was really excited about. And I fished it for about three hours and I was about to leave. I fished it for like three hours and I, and I power fished it. Um, I really like to power fish. I like to fish fast. I like to cover water. And I just really didn't get that many bites. However, the fish gave me just enough to think, okay, let me make some adjustments and see if I can get them to eat. I had some fish uh, swirl on, uh, I had some fish swirl on some of my baits that I was fishing really fast. And I had two in particular that I was like, man, that, it's kind of hard to tell when they just swirl it, but that looked like kind of a good fish. And this area looks like an area I could spend a lot of time in and really break down. So after, and I was a little discouraged because I, I figured I could catch them power fishing. And, mm -hmm. um, but anyways, I decided, okay, I'm going to slow down a little bit and, uh, and see what happens. And the second I made that decision, um, I started catching fish immediately. And it, in like 10 casts, I caught five fish. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah. Got all of that. <laughs> it was nuts. It was like, oh, well, th this is, this is actually, this might actually be kind of good. And, uh, <laughs> and so I honestly didn't fish a whole lot else. I figured, okay, if, uh, if I need to expand on this, I can do it during the tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, I know, yeah. I know at the very least right here, there's a few fish and, and one of the fish that I caught was a pretty good one. So I felt good about it. And then after that, I, I hit a bunch of other places and I slowed down and, uh, I kept consistently catching fish, but, uh, I had one really good fish in that other area that just kind of made me want to go back to it. Uh, and that ended up there being the area that I fished the tournament. Um, literally I was, I was about to leave it, about to write it off and I made one adjustment and boom, it, it, it became the deal. And did you hold that same spot both days? Did you make it work the, the whole weekend? Or? Yeah, really, really it was an area and I, I, like I said, I took the time to really learn it on day one. Mm. Um, I I kind of had an idea more or less where the fish would be and more or less where I would catch them, but I didn't I didn't know exactly how it laid out perfectly. So you know, a lot of times, uh, I'm sure I'm sure y'all have experienced this. You'll go out and you'll fish an area, and you'll get your eyes on it, and you'll learn a few things, and then you'll look at it again on a map. <laughs> after you fished mm -hmm. it and it's crazy yeah. what you learn after you fish an area oh yeah yeah i know it sounds strange but like after you actually put eyes on something and you get to fish it for a little while then you can look at it again and kind of formulate a new game plan that's kind yeah. of what i did and uh i ended up finding a few areas that i knew i wanted to try and target and one of those areas had a gigantic school of fish on it and I can't even explain how it was possible because it was like two feet of water. <laughs> That's crazy. It, it was two feet of water, and I don't know how you could fit another bass in there. That's that's nuts, man. That's what you dream of right there. And I feel I'm like talking, most, yeah, we yeah. we talking about miracle spots. That's what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's hey, a good one. You know, that's a good one. A, the only thing that didn't make it like a total miracle spot was that it had a lot of twelve inches in it. <laughs> and you yeah. caught them all. <laughs> you had to weed through them. Exactly. Yeah. You had to weed through them. And I, I ended up catching 
in that particular spot, I think I only ended up catching one good fish every day that I actually had in my limit. But I I was able to catch a, a, a limit quickly out of it both days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it worked out really well. And then after that, I kind of broke down some of the other areas. And I had a few other areas that had kind of little groups of fish as well. And, uh, man, it, it was just really a blast for being in such shallow water. Those fish behave like, like ledge fish. Hmm. Like you catch mm-hmm. one fishing really slow and you, and then you try to catch another one fishing fast. They weren't fired up with, then you catch another one. And then eventually you'd realize like your bait would just hit the water and it gets smoked immediately. And then once, once you've caught like three fish out of that school, they would eat anything you threw in there. They're just fired up and they wanted to wow. eat it. And it didn't matter what bait I threw in there at that point, and they would eat it. Which That's, that's awesome. Pretty dang cool. Pretty fun. That is awesome, man. And a couple of things I want to touch on, you know, because the thing I think is so cool about our sport, guys, is the fact that you can win doing everything. You know what I mean? It's not like – you know, a certain sport, like, like whatever other sports are maybe a certain, like golf, you know what I mean? Like you can win just being methodical or you can win with, with power, you know, certain sports you can, the, the best sports are ways you, you can win multiple ways, right? You can win up in skinny water. You can win on the bank of the ma- of the lake. You can win offshore. You can win, you know, like in a spot like you're talking about. And I think it's very cool that we get to interview so many of the winners and, and we follow our sport and we see that all the time. You never, it's not like everyone comes in here and says, I was live scoping it. Not, not every time, sometimes, right. No one, you know, it doesn't sound like that is the main thing that wins I, offshore. Sometimes it's like, Oh, I was on this, this certain bank deal on the bank. It's, this time it was like, Oh, I was up a Creek or up a river. This time it was like, oh, I'm in the back of a, of a cove or a ledge bite or whatever. It's just, it's so cool that it can be won so many different ways, which brings so many different anglers and, and styles into play. And so I think that's cool that you are showing how versatile you are because I, I know you have fished, you know, uh, backwaters and rivers and creeks. You got a good boat for it, obviously, with the Diablo. It can, you know, d- doesn't have pedal drive, so it can definitely get through and over some stuff. Some other boats maybe can't. I've seen you there, but now you're saying, hey, I was on the lake, on the lower end of the lake. So that's what makes, I think, Guillermo scary is that the, the fact that you've been traveling so much over the recent years, you're, you're so familiar with waters that aren't just Texas anymore. You know what I mean? And you've seen the progression, you know, like a, a good stock. You know, it's just constantly kind of going up. You might have some dips here and there, but overall the trend is up. And now we're, we're seeing that with the consistency you mentioned and Jimmy talked about it to, you know, as well, your consistency, that's what makes you scary in the future because you're just getting into your prime. And so you're one to be uh, afraid of at the TOC for sure, man. Cause you're going to be, I believe in third, uh, sorry, fourth, maybe fourth place coming into the TOC. If, if I did the math oh, correctly. Wow. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a Ewing minor myself, Brian, Howe, and then you, you, and then Russ. So I think you're going to have about 293 and I think, um, I think uh, we have 294, and then Ewing has 298. So you're right there, brother. And last last year I had 294, and when I won, and I would have won at 293. So that just gives you an idea uh, how close you know you are. So you know, and something that I wanted to add to that, you know, that like for people getting into this or anglers that are you know looking for that breaking thing, something that makes an angler great, like like you guys is, you know, the consistency and time on the water and experience, but adaptability, like that's something that both of y'all do is like, yeah, you probably got your like strong suit and your go-tos, but being able like, like Guillermo, like you said, like 
you're sitting at your launch location at your ramp, looked at a map and we're like, nope, changing it up. I got to do something else. And then to be able to change your plan and adapt to that change, break it down. And then even further back, like what you're saying about, you know, fishing an area. And then when you're done going back and looking at a map, that's something I feel like a lot of people don't even think about. Like I'll catch myself sometimes, like I'll go to an area thinking, okay, I know I can catch a few fish here. And that's where my head goes. I don't really start like looking around and discovering things that you won't see on that map or on Navionics. And there's a lot of the times guys rely on like Navionics and they're wrong. Like one of my favorite things to do when I'm running my graph is do where it'll do its own mapping or own or own graphing. And you'll catch a lot of the lines being just way off and humps yep. nowhere close to what they say or humps that they don't even say exist. And th- there's a, like you, you saying that it's, it, I don't think I've had any of our other guests talk about it, but they're like put in that time while you're doing it and really pay attention to your surroundings and things. And, you know, uh, my granddad used to say, you know, the first one's luck and the second one is a, is a pattern, but the second one's the bites you have to pay attention to because then it's, that's where your consistency is coming. What's happening? Like what's different here? What's, it's just cool to hear you talk about. I, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent on it, but I, a lot of guys don't talk about it like that. You know, it's, I had a plan, the plan didn't work. And then I call fish doing this. It's not, it's not that they talk about the, like learn what they learned from it, but we'll uh, take that into uh, to day one of the tournament. Uh, I got the numbers right here. If my mouse is still working. Uh, so, Day one of the event, again, we had the 82 anglers. Uh, we'll go with your top five right here. You had uh, Christine was at the top, 95 and a half. Uh, Guillermo, you're right behind her, 93 and three quarter. Uh, David Best, one of the Tennessee guys, was 92 and three quarter. Uh, Brian Delani, I can't ever say his last name, 91 and three quarter. And then uh, Matthew Scotch was uh, right down there at 91. So a bunch of, you know, a bunch of good numbers. There were a ton of big fish, you know, decent you know, 17, 18 plus fish caught in that tournament. So uh, tell us how your day one went overall. Uh, it sounds like you were weeding through a bunch of bites. Yeah. So um, going into day one, I, I really, like I said, I didn't really beat my spot up too bad in practice. So I didn't really know. I knew, I thought, you know, this is definitely the best thing I got right now. And I didn't know just how good it was till day one. Um day one I started to fish it and and I realized that there so I was fishing I was just fishing a grass flat a very basic grass flat and uh it, it was a pretty long extensive one um and uh I didn't realize how many fish were really on that flat until <laughs> tournament day um and uh it, just like you mentioned it was really just just having to weed through a lot of small fish. I don't think I was around as many big fish as some people in other parts of the lake, but I had enough numbers that I could weed through enough of them. I I definitely feel like I was around more fish than a lot of people, but not necessarily as many big ones. I think a lot of those guys fishing maybe a little further North were around some really good fish, but they weren't getting near as many bites. And those fish were definitely a little bit smarter from what, from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I didn't realize how good it was until that day one, um, especially in, in the moment when I kind of figured out, okay, I can win the tournament here, was I I caught a 21-incher a in like a foot of water 
on this flight. And I was like, okay, okay, there, there's some of these things are here. I just, <laughs> just got to keep my head down and keep fishing. And, and that 21 really kind of set the mood for the rest of the event for me, knowing that those fish are there. Yep. And now I just got to catch enough of them to get a couple extra big bites. Yep. Yeah, it's a positive vibes for sure. When you catch a big one like that, you know, it's not – it's rarely an accident. You know what I mean? Like big fish tend to congregate, you know, together and you're not just, you know, like you're saying those small ones were together, but big fish tend to whatever attracted that one there is going to attract other ones there, whether it was bluegill probably, or, or something else they were feeding on. So that I get that. And I love what you're saying, Guillermo, about how you didn't, this is the way I do it too. I don't know what I have going into any tournament. Basically, really, I don't really know what I have because I pre-fish and I don't really wear out an area. I want to learn it. Like you said, on day one. And then of course I go to the spot like you did that had the, the most, most promising spot, but you had other backup spots you said too. Right. So you knew you could pull out and maybe go to something else if it, if it wasn't what you thought, but I like how you, you learn it. Cause if you learn it, you know, it so well in pre-fishing, you probably don't have enough fish to last two days in the tournament. You know, this spot obviously ended up being pretty magical. And you, I know on the results, you said you caught like a hundred fish. So it, it may, may have, but most of the time that's not the case. You know, if you, you can't wear it out and learn it completely, know it so well pre-fishing. At that point, you've just probably worn it out. So that was really smart move on your part. And what made it possible for you to do that was the fact that, uh, that you have enough experience now and instincts to not that you know that you didn't need to keep fishing it. And you wisely chose to stop at, you know, pre-fishing before you just burned it all up. You know, But then you learned it on day one. So that was a really good move. And that's definitely, I think, one of the ways or one of the reasons that you ended up on top. Yeah, and, and, and to kind of go along with what you said, you know, one of the things that I've noticed and and I've had over the years, um, you know, I, as you all know, I've had a lot of success in Texas and I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, you know, for advice on approaching on the tournament mindset. And, and the bottom line is conditions constantly change. And if you know you have a good area and you learn it under certain conditions, odds are by the time the tournament rolls around, things are going to change. And if you and you might know you might have that area completely dialed in for that day that you practiced in it. But one of the things that I've noticed over the years is whenever I do that, something's always different on day two. And it's like I got to relearn it. So instead, I've I've kind of tried to make it a point to learn like I already mentioned, learn it during the tournament, under tournament mm -hmm. conditions. In that way, at least leading into day two, you know, and in some cases conditions change a lot, but not always. And and uh, and, and you just never know what's going to happen. And for that reason, I it just it's fishing with an open mind. It, it's crazy the difference it can make for an for a really seasoned angler. Um, yeah, I you know there was a stretch, for example, I remember. Uh, we all know Matthew Scotch. Um, he oh, yeah. stretched down here in Texas. He didn't practice for a single tournament. He dang near won all of them. <laughs> Something you, you know? got. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's crazy how that works. You know, so many so many anglers are, are concerned with not getting the pre-fish for too long. Mm -hmm. But in so many events – how many events do we hear about where the winner says, oh, yeah, I got I got three hours of practice or I got to pre-fish for a day? It's crazy what fishing with an open mind 
can do for you. And, and in so many cases, that could be such an advantage over somebody who's been there for a week and a half and is, is set in their ways and how they're going to fish that event. Yeah. I, you know, uh, before Drew joined the show when uh, Dan was still here, I think we, I had it wrote down somewhere. I think we had done six shows in a row where, and we had first, second and third on each show. And I think only three people pre-fished for even an hour. <laughs> out of those six shows and it was week after week after week all over the country guys were like no i uh got off friday drove all through the night slept for an hour got up and then he won like okay well i'd, I'd never <laughs> been here like good job <laughs> but uh, i'm glad you brought up like what you said about people asking you the mind of it and everything uh because it's something i wanted to ask you about so you know you're obviously like you said you're on just a lot of fish was there going into day two knowing that it's a two-day tournament you can you can fish, you can like burn up your hot area. You said you were in an area. So you obviously have got things you can move and adjust. Like Drew is saying, like, what's your mind there? Was there ever a point where you're like, I'm catching too many fish. This is going to mess me up for tomorrow. Or is it like just kind of instinct and, and, you know, even just a chance and a gamble that you're like, this crazy school of fish in this area is just going to hold out. Yeah. So, um, of course, that was 100% on my mind, uh, considering, well, am I, am I beating them up too bad? But then I thought about, there's, so that morning, uh, that morning there was, a, it, I, don't, I don't think that it was really a shad spawn. The water hadn't quite cooled off enough for that, but the, the shad were really active and the bass were just crushing them. And I thought about how many fish I watched crush bait that I couldn't catch. Mm-hmm. So... There's a bajillion fish in here, and I'm going to find some fish that I didn't catch yesterday. There's no doubt. So I thought to myself, I am going to run up the score because if I don't, I might regret it tomorrow. If I I come back tomorrow and just catch a ton of fish, I will regret not not getting as high as I can on day one, you know, and – so I just I kind of decided I was gonna beat it up a little bit, and actually, even with that, I, I, I decided I would beat it up as bad as I could till twelve thirty, and then I would move, and that's what I did. I beat it up as bad as I could on day one till twelve thirty, and then I moved, and, and in hopes that they would kind of reload a little bit or, or settle down a little bit. And that morning, those fish. The next morning, those fish were right where I left them. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. a and that that's a cool way to think about it, though. Uh, a, a lot of people don't understand how different a two day event or multi day event is because of, like you said, like you know, fishing through your fish, or you beat them up pre fishing, and then you know you've got a decent one day, and then nothing the next day because your confidence, backup plans, blah 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 blah. But you know, you went into it with a different way. Like guys that do these two day tournaments know two good limits keeps you up there. You know, so your fishing's hot enough. That's like, well, I know I can get a limit tomorrow and it probably be mediocre at worst. So run it up today. And then you're already ahead of the game for the next day. That's a different way to look at it. And I really like, that's really cool to hear. And, oh, it, and yeah. it, you know, it worked. <laughs> it did. It did. And, uh, and, and it was, it, like I said, it was a little scary knowing that I made the decision to kind of beat my fish up, but. I mean, when, like I said, when you're in a scenario where you know there's, and and honestly, I'm not lucky enough necessarily to be in this scenario on a regular basis to where I get to catch weed through 40, 50 fish a day. 
you know, but if, if you get that opportunity and I, I mean, even at 1230, I felt like I left them biting. Mm-hmm. You know? And That's insane. so where did you go at 1230? Did you go to a place that you had had uh, kind of looked at to be your backup area? If that first area didn't end up panning out or did you, did you stay close or did you, you know, get out? Well, I, actually, I didn't, I didn't trailer. Um, yeah, I, didn't trailer. I, yeah. I just made a good little paddle to like a kind of different region of that area where I was fishing. Did um, you pre-fish that area? Did you pre-fish that? I, I kind of, I, I looked at it. I didn't really pre-fish it. That's where you went back on your map after you'd been there in person. Like you said, you go back right. to your map and, and then you can kind of find something that's similar, try to duplicate what you'd found. So actually okay. what's funny is it, it wasn't similar at all. It was actually totally different. It was, I was going to see if <laughs> Just, uh, doing some different things maybe mm-hmm. would, would make for more bigger bites. And right. it ended up working out and that was okay. Cause I knew right. I, had a, I knew I had a good limit. I knew I had a good area for the second day. And that second day, I knew I wouldn't. I would. I would fish it till the very end. And I actually, once again, I ended up learning a few things on the second day too. And mm-hmm. that learning a couple things on the second day actually pushed me. I made a couple calls doing things a little differently on the second day as well. So, so we'll, worked out. And we'll get right into day two. I've got. Uh, I'll hit the numbers here real quick. Uh, Big shout out to my buddy Jesse, a good buddy of mine. I always give him crap about him fishing Pickwick, and he turned around and shut me up and was the day two leader with 94 inches, uh, with a anchored with a 21 inch smallmouth. Man, Uh, good job, buddy. Second uh, for day two, Brian Howell. Uh, Third for day two was Jordan Marshall. Uh, Fourth was Daniel Lyons, and fifth was Mr. Jackson Orr. And it was still, you know high eighties and nineties and Guillermo, you were just right down there in seventh. So 87 and a half is still a respectable day under any, any, you know, any kind of condition or, you know, whatever's going on. Uh, and like you said, you know, crushing it day one, you give yourself that wiggle room to, you know, still be able to make it happen. So go right into the day two and you know, what, what worked, what didn't, what changed or what you found or. So I was a little nervous on day two when I got to the ramp, there was a, there was a debris line on the ramp, and when you see that, that means they dropped the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a debris line on the ramp, and it, and it looked like it was approximately 8 to 10 inches lower starting off on day two. Uh, we got a Ooh. ton of rain. Basically, right after the tournament ended on day one, we got a ton of rain. It muddied up all the so many of those creeks, and... And I know a lot of the lakes started rising really fast. And I guess overnight, they just dumped water. And the spot that I was fishing on the lower end, I guess since they're pulling the back, was, was a way lower. I mean, so so many of the areas, so many some of the – I flipped a few trees and bushes that day, and those, those trees and bushes were all exposed for day two. And, and I was a little concerned because I'd been fishing so dang shallow. Uh, mm-hmm. between one and a half and three feet. And when you're fishing that shallow, eight to 10 inches makes it That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? um, so I was a little nervous and, but I knew there were a ton of fish in that area and I knew I could pull back a little bit and still catch a couple. I just didn't know if it would, if I would lose some of those bigger fish. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do think that was the case a little bit. I think some of those bigger fish moved out. Um, 
but thankfully there was enough there was enough uh there was enough good fish in there to still pull a high 80s mm -hmm. limit and still uh and still win the tournament was it clear water was it real clear right there uh no it was uh it was kind of in between really muddy and clear it, it, it was okay. it was definitely a little dingy if i had to if i had to say viz i'd say about six to eight inches nice i'm curious to know uh just because i know how much rain we got man we were i was telling drew before the show that a lot of the lake dropping was uh it flooded so bad on wheeler lake that areas that have like historically never had flooding had waist deep water people stuck on their roofs cars underwater so uh i know like wheeler was dropping into wilson heavy wilson was supposed mm -hmm. to drop into pickwick heavy to help get rid of the flooding so did was was current a factor was any of these levels like you had it one day you didn't or it picked up midday with all the rain anything like that was it all current bite for for me for me it, it wasn't um hmm. it, i wasn't affected by current at all however um i know for a lot of people it was a huge factor um a lot of people were really praying for that current and when they oh, yeah. got it <laughs> bottom and when they didn't they didn't catch them i know i know christine is one of those people she she was on some really really nice fish when they were pulling current and it was always really frustrating for her whenever they quit you're right. basically just a sitting duck you're sitting there waiting for them to start pulling it again and mm -hmm. one of the things that she mentioned that i thought was interesting was it seemed like there it wasn't real consistent it was it was on and off and on and off and i, I didn't i didn't i've never i haven't particularly ever heard of that happening on the tennessee river but i guess for whatever reason to maintain certain levels and with all the flooding they were they were going back and forth with it and, yeah, uh, I know that was kind of aggravating for some of my friends that were fishing in the current. I know, I think Jackson was was up there fishing in the current, and and that, I think that's one of the reasons he did so well on day two is they were pulling so much of it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a few other guys up there, it made a huge difference. But thankfully for me, I didn't have to worry about current at all. Um, there was none where I was fishing. That's awesome. That's yeah, and, and Pickwick is like. Like being local, they're notorious for obviously not to that scale on and off, but there's two lakes in my state. I don't care what their register says for what their uh, turbine times are. They're going to do it when they want, how many they want and whenever, and they're not going to tell anybody. Uh, like when we did the Bassmaster event, like the schedules said one thing, and then an hour before we had ridiculous amounts of inflow and then it lasts 20 minutes and then nothing for five hours. And then it is just all over the board. And that's, I give the guys that put their money on Pickwick on current bites so much credit, especially in kayaks. Cause you can't easily pick up and like if current bites your deal, it's kind of your deal. It's not, you. it's hard to go from that to something like you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's, but, but yeah, I was just, I was just curious just cause I know talking with the guys, there was a lot of current, you know, and then a lot of on and off. So I didn't know if that had any effect, if your area was affected by that at all, but it wasn't. So that, it's still, that's really mm -hmm. cool, man. Just completely different bite than probably most of the people in that tournament. And, you know, that's, that really, to me, spoke volumes about Pickwick. Um, yep. So many people that did well. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't one from, from what I heard from some of the winners, just hanging out at the award ceremony. There wasn't one area in that whole lake that was dominant. People right. everywhere. 
yep. everywhere. And and there were good sects coming from all over the lake. And I thought that was pretty dang cool. I like lakes that, that like that that give you the opportunity to find winning fish just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you zigged when the rest of the, you know, everybody zagged. You know, you went, like we talked about earlier, kind of to a spot that was maybe overlooked, you know, from other people. And and it was probably, it sounds like it's spot, a spot that bass boats could fish. And sometimes we get, I get blinders on for sure. Like I'm going to go wherever bass boats can't get, but it doesn't matter, dude. Fish don't care. They want to be where the, their food is and, and where they can ambush. They want to be in all those conditions, obviously temperature and clarity. There's other things that they like, but that's where they're going to be. They don't care if bass boats are there, kayaks. They don't think about that. So we, we get blinders on sometimes and it's really cool that you didn't have that in this tournament. You used your experience. You zigged when everybody else zagged maybe and, found something different and what is really cool uh like we were saying earlier about how you can win and so many different styles and ways it's just really cool to see you know the lake producing a a lake area that bass boats could get to and having these giant schools of fish you know the places i like to fish sometimes it's the scariest thing in the morning because when you show up at a ramp you're or or wherever you're going to launch you're just like praying to god that four other people aren't there because at that point you know nobody's winning because it's there's not a hundred you know hundreds of fish schools like you have on the main lake right? right so you know it's really cool to see that dynamic play out in kayak fishing you know that we try to avoid those bass boat areas sometimes but my goodness the bigger the ocean the, the bigger the fish and sometimes and the bigger the schools of fish it can support and that certainly proved true at this event with how you caught them the only thing i want to get out of you real quick before we let you go because i know you've had a long drive and, and uh you know you probably whipped I want to know uh, exactly the bait you were throwing. I'm sure our listeners do too. Which bait exactly were you throwing or which different baits and, and were you mixing up? So, uh, the, the, I mean, the main bait was no secret. I've told a lot of people, um, was a Senko. I, the day that I slowed down, I slowed down with a Senko and I hate Senko fishing. <laughs> you Josh stewarded those guys, man. But I'll tell you what, when they're eating it every couple of casts, I can stand yeah. to do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I know, if I know I'm going to get thumped every couple of casts, I will do it. And that's what I did. And, uh, I mixed it up. There were, I usually for, for most of the day I fished it. I mean, I didn't even fish it weightless. I fished it with a 16 ounce tungsten uh, just to allow me to fish it a little faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because I can't stand to fish it weightless right. sometimes. A little bit, little bit longer cast. Yep. As well. Yep. A little bit longer cast, able to cover a little more water. And it seemed like, you know, there's certainly days in fisheries where it makes a difference. But in this particular day, it didn't. They just, they just wanted that profile. Yeah. You a spinning rod. I'm sorry. Not uh, casting rod. Okay, so you were throwing at the casting rod. So not you didn't need to make super long casts, it sounds like, but, but you probably really needed that tungsten, honestly, to get it on a casting rod is probably as far as you needed to or, or not. I mean, I, I throw a weightless one on a casting rod all the time. Yeah. Honestly, I really do. I, I don't have too big of a problem throwing it. Um, some of those, I've been – I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but, like, I've got some, uh, some Daiwa reels that are just really good at throwing really light baits. Those right. SVs, um, they're they're really great for that. I've they, heard that's what the SVs are like. They excel at is the right. the lightweight. Yeah, I, I I'd recommend them to anyone. Like I said, I, I don't have any affiliation with them whatsoever, mm-hmm. but they are great reels for that particular purpose. And they do a that, lot of salt in them, the Cinco, so they are pretty heavy. You know, I can see that being 
Yeah, and, that, and quite honestly, if I didn't throw any Senko, I didn't throw uh, Gary Yamamoto Senko. Um, right. I threw, I threw floating Senkos. They didn't have any salt in them. Oh, they didn't have any. Wow. No, that's cool. I was throwing it because I've got a pile of Excite. Excite baits makes a floating mm-hmm. Senko, and I've got a pile of about two hundred of them. And uh, and when you're throwing it on a sixteenth ounce weight. It, it just doesn't make as big of a difference. Right. You know, yeah. The, 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 um, the action changes completely with, with that tungsten pegged in it. Now, with that being said, if you're fishing it weightless, man, it makes a difference to be, you know, to be throwing a, a, a one with salt or, or a heavier one. Um, right. They definitely wiggle different. But uh, in this particular case, it didn't really matter. And what kind of line were you using? 17 pound fluorocarbon. Okay. Nice, man. Very cool. And that's, that was the main, that thing that did most of the damage. Anything else, uh, work particularly well, or is that pretty much on day all one? I, I did, I did stroke a jig a little bit. I actually caught, uh, caught a few coals doing that. Um, nice. where essentially I'd, I'd, I'd landed in the grass and I'd just rip it out of the grass fast right. and you'd rip it out and they'd, yeah. they'd smoke it. Nice. That was, you know, I'm glad you, you was talking about which Senko you were using. Cause I was going to ask if like <laughs> a day like that, that many fish on a Yamamoto Senko, most of your check is going to go to replacing all of those Senkos. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, I love that bait. It does so well, but my God, it's expensive. <laughs> it is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and some days you need them, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it, it didn't work out that way for me, thankfully. Yeah. Was, no. there, was there ever any wind at all in your area? That play fact, factor? Um, yes. Uh, the very end of day one, there was a ton of wind, but thankfully I, I didn't have to fish in there. I got real lucky. There wasn't a whole lot of wind for both tournaments, and we had cloud cover and both days, and I, I think that helped me a lot as well. It kept some of those fish out of the grass. Yeah. And uh, I think it kept them out feeding a little more. Um, but the wind was never really a huge factor. And that certainly, if, if it had gotten windy, it certainly would have been very difficult to, to just throw a Senko. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't. So yeah. it worked out for me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, congrats again. You hit a killer job uh, one last time before we start to wind down. Uh, the final results, uh, you got it with 181 and a quarter. Uh, Christine was right on your tail with 179 and three quarter. Third place is Matthew Scotch with 177. Mr. Jackson Orr, fourth place, uh, 173 and three quarters. And then David Best also with 173 and three quarter. You know, killer, killer numbers, uh, especially considering the weather on that second day. I'm, I saw so many pictures people posting, like cameras were soaked and cloudy. Everybody's rain gear just looked waterlogged. I mean, it looked like it was tough for some people. But. It, it, it was. Thankfully, it never got too bad for, for me. On the, the very end of day one, we had some really gnarly weather come in. Um, I know, I know, I thankfully I was already close to the ramp. Otherwise, it probably would have been really hard to get back. It got, yeah. It got really windy and some storms came through, but thankfully I wasn't too affected by that. Thankfully, uh, everybody was safe. Yeah, because yeah. Pick, Pickwick yeah. does. Pickwick, when the wind comes in, uh, especially on the like the Mississippi side, man, it's just so open. It gets big, quick, and you know I know those Diablos are like very capable crafts, but it gets sketchy paddling that stuff, man. Oh yeah, but, it, it certainly can. I mean, it, 
it, it's you know I, I i worked at a kayak shop for a few years and uh one of the things that i always told people was you know you could you know you could be in a hobie you could be in a diablo you could be in a wildy or a jackson but if you get a 30 mile an hour win and it starts white capping <laughs> I don't care what boat you're in, you're going to hate your life. Yes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's bad. Yeah. It's true. It, it's it gets true, rough, man. I, that was my, my first experience with Texas this year. First time to go to Texas, hit Lake Fork. We had 30, I think it was 32 mile an hour winds on one of the pre-fishing mm-hmm. days. And I was out in the main lake like a retard. Like, what <laughs> am I doing out here? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was a great event. Like, like Jimmy said, man. So congrats again, Guillermo. And, and that top five was pretty amazing. I mean, seeing, uh, Christine and you guys, you, you guys both just right up there. Everyone knows you guys have come, you know, very, very close and that's just incredible. I think some people assumed or thought you guys were probably fishing together, but you know, I talked to her and texted with her and, and, uh, she was like, it was crazy. You know, you guys were completely far apart from each other. So that's really, really cool. You know, that I think people, when I was on pick with and tied with, uh, Ken Morris, you know, who does the podcast with me people just assume we were together it was the same way because kbf allowed uh, all three of the lakes and bounds and he was i think on wheeler and I, I was on he was on one of the other ones and i was on pickwick and people just assume oh the, the river bass and guys are together just just catching all these big fish so it's cool to see that you guys both did so well in different places and, and took your own strategies and made it work and then uh you know matt scotch i mean you can't say enough like you said about him just an incredible angler and then jackson Orr. Uh, I don't really know David Best. Sounds like he's a local hammer, but uh, but yeah, David Jackson's a cool guy. Great I actually, got, yeah. I got to meet him, and, and him and I were actually fishing pretty close together during the tournament. And awesome. yeah, I really like that guy. I look forward to seeing that guy in more events. He looks like he's a really great angler, so I, I look forward to seeing how he does here in the future. Hopefully, he. Uh, he I think it. he was on the cusp of qualifying for the TOC. Hopefully, he made it. I've got yeah. it right here, kind of. <laughs> so don't take me as don't take this as gospel. <laughs> but best, I, I don't know, man. I think I don't want to say anything. I think, but I think Vin, Vinny Ferrari may have made it. Eric Siddiqui may have, these are people that came up from well out of it. Siddiqui may have made it. Um, I think Josh Stewart might be out. He he had a good event, but uh, I think he might be like one of the first man out. I believe he was the first man out last year, first or second. He was real close. But uh, who knows? I could be totally wrong on this. But I thought and, you know, there's there's going to be guys that that won't be able to fish the event, and and right. a few more that's spots right. will probably end up rolling down. Oh, that's true. If that's the way it works, I didn't know if that's the way it works. So if that's true, I think best he was close. I can't find his name right now, but I remember he was he was kind of close. So we'll see if it works out for him. But yeah, like a, like a good guy. Well, uh, before we let you go, man, uh, we like to give everybody that we bring on a chance to thank anybody that makes it, you know, easier for them. So any sponsors or family, friends, you want to shout out for everything? Of course, man. I, I, I want to start off by of course, thanking my family. And, uh, and I honestly, I really want to thank everybody, uh, that I got to stay with for this event. Um, everybody was really encouraging and, 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 and that it's, there's something to be said about, staying with positive people, you know, when you're fishing a tournament, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of doc talk that goes around in tournaments. And sometimes, sometimes staying with, with, with certain, you know, with people can be, you know, can be a good thing. And sometimes it can, it can kind of mess with your head, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm so lucky to have a very encouraging, a very, 
a positive group of people that I stay with. And it, it, I think it makes all the difference in the world. Um, for sure, so man. I really like to thank them. Um, and of course, uh, all of my sponsors, um, in particular, I'd like to thank, uh, of course, uh, uh, Diablo Paddle Sports, Warner Paddles, Excite Baits, mm-hmm. uh, St. Croix Rods, Fins Fishing, Fins Fishing, um, and, uh, Yak Attack. Um, the new, uh, the new Yak Attack arms are super cool for, for the rod holders. It makes it really easy for me to put a couple extra rods in my boat. So I would encourage people to take a look at those 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 things are pretty cool i've been really happy with them and i'm and i'm looking forward to finding new creative ways to make them work on my boat but uh yeah of course i want to thank all the sponsors and uh and uh that's and of course i i can't leave out i felt so blessed by by the good lord this week i went to a lot of beautiful places and, mm-hmm. and i got to see a lot of beautiful places out there and it was actually my birthday and on my birthday day i had like a like a little bit of a God moment. I felt like God made a place just for me just to enjoy on my birthday that day. And it, it felt really good. And so that's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Like to, to thank him for blessing me in, in such a wonderful way. You know, I can't, can't thank him enough. Sometimes I feel like I don't deserve it, but, uh, but he, he seems to think I do, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely do, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us the time and coming to hang out with us. I know like, you know, Drew's been saying the traveling and, uh, you know, I know tons of people are getting, getting in your messages about wanting to talk to you and, you know, hear the stories and stuff like that. So I, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes to come on the Paddle and Fin show and hang out with us. Sounds good. It was my pleasure. And I look forward to uh, getting to hang out with y'all again. Yeah, man. Th- oh, thanks man. again for the, for the uh, shout out on stage that you gave me. You got a good, <laughs> good, good, very good sense of humor. And we got, we got a kick out of that when uh, I watch it with my wife and, we talked about it on the kayak bass and beer show that I did with Armando yesterday. So, and we actually played it on the, on the show. So anyway, that was pretty cool. Um, seeing that and just the camaraderie Hobie BOS is definitely one of the best trails out there, but thanks again, Guillermo. Congrats, man. Sounds good, man. You know, I meant the best with that comment. Oh, absolutely. Dude. <laughs> I, mean, absolutely. I bet you'd have been right up there. If you had made it, so. Oh, it was a true, it was a true compliment, man. I mean, to me, the respect of, of the peers is probably most important. You know what I mean? So when someone says they're, they're, they thank you for not showing up to a tournament. That's <laughs> no, there's no, there's no other way to take it than a, co- a compliment. So I appreciate that. All right. All right, man. Well, we'll let you get to it and get some rest. And uh, we will, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, you never know. TOC coming up at the end of the year. Maybe we'll have you back on for that. I hope so. See, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. <laughs> All right, man. All right. All right. Good night, man. Take it easy. All right. That was a good show. I've always wanted to talk with him. Everybody I know that that knows G's always said nothing but great things, and it it was cool to see his name up there. Uh, a lot of people yeah, hate on when out of state guys come and kick butt on our home waters, and I don't mind at all. I think it's pretty cool. Just oh, shows yeah. how good somebody is to drive yeah. across the country a little bit and show for out. Sure. He's one of the best for sure, man. It's kind of like there's some people that just. Like Jody Queen's one of them. He wins freaking all the time. And every time he wins, as a competitor, you would think I'd be like, Dad, gum that guy, man. Or like you like ticked off seeing his name, but but he's 
just such a good dude, man. Like you're just like so happy for him every time. Like yeah. it's his first win and it's like his sixth or seventh or whatever. Tenth win. Oh, I, I love it. Like, I love talking to Jody. Like yeah. any, I, I love when I see his name. He's like, Oh, get talking to Jody again this week. It's going to be a yeah. fun show. <laughs> exactly. And so anyway, geez, he's one of those guys for sure. So, and we have a lot of them in kayak fishing and hopefully the world will get to see it more mainstream one of these days as we continue to, you know, grow it and talk about it. And, you know, maybe one day we will see that elite series that, that I know we all want to, want to see happen sooner than later so all right well uh real quick before we go uh get into a little tourney recap from around the country uh i'll do this as quick as i can there's a few of them uh first up ontario kayak bass trail lake of the bays in ontario canada five fish limit had 96 anglers uh first place chris totosco with 90 and a half uh second place chris bootson with 82 and a half third place brian arnold also with 82 and a half that's a Big tournament with some yeah. good numbers in Canada. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, the New York Bass Fishing State Championship on Chatuga, uh, two-day tournament, 35 anglers, uh, five-fish limit. And it looks like it was tough because the two-day totals were terrible. Uh, but <laughs> we will save those guys that, <laughs> but we will let them know you won first place, Pat Viome, Viome. VMA, first place yeah. nice. uh second place paul serion and third place uh bailey Eggbright. i'm trying to remember yeah. bailey is uh serious Wait, serious angler is that he bailey is, what place did you say he finished third place are you sure i thought that was day there was a two-day tournament i think you might have the day i don't i think you might have Dude, i may have them backwards you may have but pat won i know that so pat think, did win i, I may not have the win. whole thing pulled up right here yeah and my formatting yeah, they, may have messed up well, on me Turn X, you know, you got to click on total, of course, and because it, yeah. it always pulls up day, day one for whatever reason, defaults to day one, which I wish it wouldn't. I wish it would default to total. But yeah, and it, that that probably is my mistake. I wish I had the whole day, thing anyway. pulled up right here, but I'll uh, I'll make a little edit and I'll give these guys a shout out in the post tomorrow and get everything straightened up. So that's my fault. We uh, got the winner. We got the winner. So. Well, uh, moving on from there, Keystone Bass Kayak Series event number four on Canoe Lake. I think that's how that's pronounced. 28 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Frank Yamada, 75 and three quarter. Second place, Tyler Rupert, 72 and three quarter. Third place, Jason Jones, 70 and a quarter. Uh, moving on from there, we got the Carolina Kayak Anglers Gate City Classic. Uh, they had uh, five or six lakes in play for that one. 54 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Matt Hodge with 88 and a half. Second place, Justin Faircloth, 86 and three quarter. Third place, Keith McGee with 84 and three quarter. Um, after that, we had the Buckeye Kayak Trail. Uh, they were on a Loom Creek, Delaware, Ohio. Hmm. Well, that's different. Uh, 48 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Chris Hannigan with 65 and a quarter. Ooh, that's rough for a five fish limit. Uh, mm-hmm. Second place, Coy Neely with 64. Third place, Wayne Shanak with 55. Uh, only 68 fish total caught in that tournament. So, yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Uh, East Texas Kayak Fishing uh, Pat Malone Benefit Tournament. It was a combination of a live event on Lake Tyler and an online national event, if I'm c- correct. Uh, 155 people signed up for that. Uh, first place, Jason Campbell with 101.5. Second place, Jeremy Baker with 94.5. Third place, Clifton Allen with 90 and three quarter. All that money went to help medical expenses for Patrick Malone. Yeah, wishing him the best, man. Uh, 
I wish I could have got more on that story. I don't like to try and pry yeah. in the, the people lives, but a name I recognize, I kind of get curious, but I stopped myself. So no, he's just, a good dude. You know, helped out with the BASS, um, possum kingdom, you know, the championship over there mm-hmm. in conjunction with the classic. And, and I got to know him a little bit over there. So just a super great guy. And you can see by the results, the turnout, you know, the outpouring of love that he's gotten, uh, you know, as he's going through, um, you know, I don't know all the details, like you said, so I don't want to get into it exactly. And, but um, just wishing him and his family the best and keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. That's right. Well, uh, let's see. Moving on from there, the uh, Oklahoma Kayak Clear, ugh, Oklahoma Kayak Anglers had an event on Keystone Lake, 56 Anglers, five fish tournament. First place, Jake Davidson with 84 and three quarter. Second place, Aaron Dossie with 83. Third place, Jason Ray with 81 and a half. Uh, Kayak Bass Fishing Utah, their number six event on Starvation Reservoir, 34 anglers, five fish limit. And there we go. My computer just crashed but brought itself back. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it went black and popped right back up, so we're good. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, first place on that one was uh, Cayman Rasmussen with 81 and three quarters. Second place, Aaron Mathis with 70 and a quarter. Third place, Tyler Ivy with 70 and a quarter. South California Kayak Anglers. 2021 championship two-day tournament uh we'll hit the totals to, real quick first place steve i'm gonna go with buckner uh, 162 and three quarter second place brian lepke 161 and three quarter third place sonny Carrig with uh 150 and a half so congrats to those guys uh we had the ike foundation kayak bass tournament on lake nakamixon 90 anglers five fish limit first place jacob stem with 82 and a half and then it dropped off heavy for second place to uh, lane l with 54 and a half third Ooh. place louis uh louis viegas with 53 and a quarter that was a uh, actually first place was the only person that limited so there's the reason for that scoring yeah uh that's insane and uh last but not least the carolina kayak trail was on old hickory lake down in tennessee 25 anglers three fish limit first place richard clemens second place zach powell 49 and a half uh third place David Clusterman with 47 three quarters and it only took 50 inches to win that one. So a bunch of tough fishing going on. Uh, That's one thing. uh, My wife always gets that stuff ready for me uh, during the week. Uh, She puts it in a nice little format. That's easy to read. And she's like, she's learning enough about it. She's like, man, a lot of these people, they're fishing and it is, you know, it's starting to cool off up North, especially. So a lot of that stuff's just hitting the closing part of the year as far as fishing goes for them. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think tough. we've got uh, the next big event uh, next week will be Bassmaster Lacrosse, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and they got. I mean, it looks like seventy-seven people entered that one. Yeah. So, and we may uh, uh, we may do that one. I have a I have a good idea. Uh, I was telling Drew about. I'm going to reach out to the Ontario guys. We had them on mm-hmm. last year uh, because me and Dan didn't even know folks really for real bass like tournament bass fished up there. And it was a really good show. It was one of the best shows we've had uh, as far as the listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reach out to those guys because, I mean, they, they had a tournament this weekend with 90 people and guys catching, mm-hmm. you know, 90-inch limits. And that was definitely not the case even last year when we talked to them. So I uh, kind of want to hear more about that. And, uh, you know, we can always go back and we'll do a little coverage later on the Bassmaster and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, start getting ready for championship talk and TOC yeah, talk man. and Angler of the Year stuff and uh, we'll get, we'll get some good shows put together and have some cool guests and we'll just have some more fun. And I'm sure we're going to come up with some cool yeah, media great, for the man. end of the year. So we'll hey, I've, already, I've already talked to AJ. He said he's going to come on. So we'll talk some awesome. TOC stuff. 
I don't know if maybe we can get, uh, you know, like I said, maybe we'll preview the, the KBF one or something too. It's going to be fun. Fun uh, couple months here, man. So well, you never know. Maybe we, we'll, we'll drag Chad over here to, yeah, to hype yeah. up, hype it up. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd love to do it. So cool. Buddy. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate everybody uh, staying with us and always coming to join us and all the support we're getting. Drew, I appreciate you so much for keeping it rolling while I was down. Uh, it's glad to get a show back together and yeah, feel man, a little bit closer sure. back to normal, man. But uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, good night. We'll see you next time. Drew, I'll see you later, buddy. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.